special message. Man, God is so amazing. Still loud, I feel. Okay. Whew, I'm out of breath. It is. It is. Okay. If you guys can just turn with me in your Bible to Exodus 3. What am I looking for? Okay, so now it's my turn to testify. <laughs> you guys still seem too far away. Girls, can you come up to this row? And then, that's good. All right. Exodus chapter 3, 7. We're going to be on Moses and the burning bush. I love you, Evie. Doesn't everybody love Evie? Hasn't God blessed her? God, you are amazing. Thank you for blessing her and for everybody else in the band. You guys are awesome. Thank you for that. That's my phone. Can somebody turn it off? Thank you. All right. I'm here. I'm going to testify real fast. I love to tell stories. You guys like when I tell stories? Sometimes they're funny. Sometimes they're not. I'll tell you guys a day when I almost burned my room down. I'll save that for another message. Um, Leilani, you're so close. You're so far. Come on. Okay. I'm going to talk to you guys about, a lot of you guys know this, a lot of you don't, um, about me, about the fear that I've had um, inside of me. So we're going to talk about that today, right now. Um, how can I start? You guys know, well, a lot of you know, I've, I've had a lot of fear in myself. You know, I know cell phone knows this, the youth people know this, but... Um, Coming, getting saved, God has really stretched me. He's molded me. He has put me in situations where I have not wanted to be in. Um, you know, every single time I, I tell you, there's not a week where I don't feel like I'm, I'm getting stretched, which is a definitely a good thing. But you know what? When you have issues and securities, you know that's where God's going to start dealing with you the most. And um, with, with me, it's been fear. It's been with public speaking. It's been um, here in front of you guys. And, and so... Last time I dealt with this was when I left Elevate, and I really felt like, man, that was it. Last, my last day at Elevate, I had to preach my first message. And it was great. I liked it. I really, I, right? I, I really liked it, but then I'm like, okay, that's just one time. I said, I'm not called to preach. I'm not called to be in front of people. That's just not me. And so I'll do it this one time because Pastor Joe asked me to do it. And then Crossover started, and yes, Crossover was uh, something that God put in my heart. But I didn't think that I was going to be leading. I thought Pastor Joe, you know, he loved it. He was going to keep doing this. And, you know, but uh, the day came where Ishmo, one of our elders, had a little idea. Um, He decided that we should begin to delegate ministries. And Pastor Joe loved that idea. So one day, I went to sleep early this night. And I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I looked at my phone, and there's a text message from Pastor Joe. Don't check your phone at 3 o'clock in the morning. It said, if you want it, dot, 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 it's yours. We're giving you crossover. I was like, what? I, I, like, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. My heart is racing at 3 o'clock in the morning. I was like, oh, my goodness. I couldn't sleep. <laughs> I could not sleep because I knew that I could not say no. I just knew it. I knew that no matter how much I wanted to say no, I just could not. And the next day I woke up and I'm just thinking about this and I'm praying about it and I'm crying because I wanted, my flesh wanted to say no. I did not want it. And then I called him and he said, do you want it? And I'm like, yes, I want it. I didn't do it because this is my passion. Like there's some of you guys out there that are like, man, I can't wait to get on that mic. Like Jared, you know, Jared's been like, man, I want to preach. I want to preach. When can I preach? 
And it's like here, it's like, I don't want it. Like, really, that's not my talent. And it's like, here, take it. God's like giving it to me. So I'm like, okay. So I took it, and it's been a, a big blessing in my life to have, having, have said yes to this. One, because when I said yes to it, it put me in a situation where I was not in control. It put me in a situation where I had to seek God's face night and day, like constantly. This was, this was on me for the, this whole week. I was so stressed out about this. And I was praying, and I was praying. And I don't know if you guys remember the message where I said that we see God when we need him the most and we just have to get on our knees and we have to cry out. That was because of me. Because, I, I mean, I was going through something like that where it's like, man, cross the road. I have to preach. And it's like, I don't know what to do. I don't have the talent. God, you know, speak to me, speak to me, speak to me. Give me the strength to do this. Give me the boldness to do this. I don't want to do this. Let your will be done. But at the same time, I don't want to do this, God. You know, and, and so I was seeking him and seeking him with all of my heart. And let me tell you, I came as close to God as I've ever been before. It was the, it's been the best thing in my relationship, in my walk with God, having said yes to this. You know, and, um, and it's definitely been, been a beautiful thing. And, and, well, when I said yes to, to preaching, to taking crossover, I, you guys know me, I worry a lot about things. You guys know me. Like, I stress out. Like, I'm running around here back and forth all the time before service. I don't even know. Today I sat down, and I was like, this is wrong. I shouldn't be sitting down. I have to walk around. I have to do something. And, um, and I'm very paranoid. I'm always thinking, thinking of what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen Sunday. You know, I'm already thinking about what's going to happen next Sunday. Adam hates when I do this. But um, <laughs> what was I going with that? So what was I going with that? Worrying. I worry. Oh, this is where I was going with that. That week was terrible. It was the 4th of July weekend. <laughs> you guys saw me at the 4th of July picnic. I was so stressed out. When I get stressed out, I feel like I have these things right here on top of my shoulders, and I call them monkeys. And I say, my sister's like, what's wrong? I say, there's a monkey on my shoulder. She's like, what's wrong? So Friday, the day of the picnic, I, I was, like, fighting these monkeys off of me. And I was, like, praying in my room. And I, like, started rebuking the devil and saying, you can't have me. I made up this song. I started worshiping God. I started dancing in my room. And I'm so stressed out, and I'm dancing that I'm turning. I don't know what I did in my room, but all of a sudden, I can't move my neck. <laughs> and I, I showed up to the picnic, and everybody was like, what's wrong with you? I don't know. <laughs> it was hilarious. It, it, well, now it's hilarious. At the time, it was very painful. I was very stressed out, very stressed out. And I came thinking, like, man, I'm going to get up there, and I'm just the ground's going to, like, swallow me or something. <laughs> like, that's how worried I get. Like, no joke. I'm being so serious. And I know it's a sin. I know God does not want me to fear, especially not fear man. Oh, and let me tell you about the dreams and about the visions. Like, I love the way God speaks to me in dreams. Like, you guys, I've shared a couple of them with you. But this one before crossover, when I was so stressed out, I had this dream. And uh, I was going down this hill, and I was in Honduras, right? And, um, and it's a road. So there's, like, cars are coming and coming, and they're going so fast. And I'm running down this hill. And I'm running and I'm running. And, like, it's, it's so steep that my legs begin to give out. So I'm running, I'm running, and, and all of a sudden I can't run anymore. And all of a sudden this man picks me up, and he's running. Now he's running, and I'm not running anymore. And he takes me down to the bottom of the hill. And there it's like, it's safe, you know, there's no more cars, and it's like a marketplace. And I, and I was like, oh, who is that man in my dream? And um, I was like, I want to know, I need to know. So, it, and I, you know, I thought it was like a real man. I'm like, maybe that's my husband. 
And so um, it wasn't because when I woke up, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that it was God who picked me up. And he was telling, you're not the one running this. He says, I'm with you. I'm working with you. And it was beautiful and it was amazing. And I love my God because he speaks to me through dreams time and time again. And he is great. And so this week I've just been, you know, when you're in the motions, when you're preaching and you're doing ministry and stuff, it's kind of hard to set yourself back and just to see where God has brought you from. Like, you know, it seems like every day, every week there's something to do. You're just busy, busy, busy. And to sit back and today, like I did today, and I was like, wow, I've been saved for a year and five months. And look at where God has brought me. And look at where I, where I am today, like what God has done. You know, I was terrified of going to school because of, I didn't want to speak in front of people. And, and God told me when I got saved, you will go back to school and, and gl- all glory to God. I'm in school. Not only am I in one school, I'm in two schools now. <laughs> and he paid the way. God paid the way for my school. And God is so faithful. Just well, I'm, What I'm telling you guys is just sit back right now and just take a look at what God has done in your life. Like Adolfo. Like what has God done in your life, in, you know, in this past year, a year and six months? It's been a lot. It's been a lot, right? You know, and, you know, Arson, you've been here for such a short period of time. And God has already stretched you so much. You know, all of you guys here, I can say something about all of you guys. I know God is working in your hearts, and he's working in your lives, and he's molding you and, and just pushing you con- constantly. And if he's not, then we're doing something wrong. You're, you're too comfortable. And there was, there was times where <laughs> you guys can laugh. <laughs> you, guys, <laughs> you guys can laugh. There was <laughs> Okay, we're over that. Okay, all right, guys, let's focus. Somebody knock on the door and tell her to please be quiet. Take it to the other room, the office. Um, I know. Adolfo can't focus. Like, I <laughs> Adolfo, I can't continue because I can't focus. Okay. All right. Okay, guys, focus. Adolfo. Vanessa, okay. So I want you guys to look back to where God has brought you from, okay? And so this week, what I was doing, I looked, I started over in Genesis, you know, and I really bad in my, my Old Testament, and so I started reading. And I remember when I first got saved, man, I just wanted to read and read and read. And I remember how God spoke to me when I wrote, when I was reading Exodus, and I was reading about Moses because I thought, you know, that was me. So if you guys can just turn to, did I say? I think it's four seven. Hold on. No, 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 no. It is three seven. It is three seven. Okay. Here we go. This is a lot I'm going to read. You guys ready for this? All right. The Lord said, I have indeed seen my misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out, out, of, the, out of the land into a good and spacious land, in a land flowing with milk and honey. So the Lord wants to take his people out of Egypt because they are being mistreated, and he wants to get them out. So here, if you guys can go down to, oh, let's just keep reading. The home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, I don't know how to say these, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Okay. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh 
to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, here's number one. He says, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? When, when Pastor Joe came to me and he told me that I was going to be here at Crossover, I said, who am I? I said, why can't they give it to Rachel and Ricky? Why can't Rachel and Ricky are so much more equipped than I am with the word? They have, they, their walk has been longer, has been stronger. Why? Who am I that you're asking me? And my first, that was, that was my response. Deep down inside of me, I said, I can't do this. I have, I have no education. I'm a nanny. You know what? <laughs> that, that's what I'm thinking. This was going through my head. I did not want this. I said, who am I that I should preach at Crossover? So now let's keep reading. It says, and God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you, that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, this is number two, the God of your father has sent me to you, and they will ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell you? You see how he keeps excuses. He keeps hesitating, right? He says, what is his name? Then what shall I tell him? God said to Moses, I am who I am. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. See, God doesn't accept explain to who he is. He is who he is. He says, go, you go. God says, Griselda, you can do this because I'm with you. I will prepare you. I will prepare the way. And it's not about you. It's about me. I am who I am. God also said to Moses, say this to the Israelites. The Lord of God, your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. Go assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. I have promised to bring you up, bring you out of, out of your misery. In Egypt, into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. The elders of Israel will listen to you. Then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and say to him, The Lord, the God of Hebrews, has met with us. Let us take a three-day journey into the desert, offer sacrifice to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them. After that, he will let you go. And I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed toward this people. So that when you leave, you will not go empty-handed. Every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold and for clothing, which you will put on your sons and daughters. And so you will plunder the Egyptians. So God is telling him, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to prepare the way. All you have to do is go. All you have to do is be the voice. I'm going to perform signs, wonders, and miracles. All right? And so, and he's, going to, he's even going to bless them. He's going to give them plunder from their enemy. Come on. That is amazing. Let's keep reading. Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? See, that's number three. That's excuse number three. That's his hesitation the third time. Then the Lord said to him, what is it that in your hand? A staff, he replied. And the Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake. And he ran from it. 
That makes me laugh. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of the fathers, of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and Jacob, has appeared to you. Then the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak. When he took it out, it was leprous like snow. Now put it back into your cloak, he said. So Moses put his hand back into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. That's beautiful. Then the Lord said, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first miraculous sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile, pour it on the dry dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. And Moses said to the Lord, oh, Lord, I've never been eloquent, neither in past, nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you and speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, Oh, Lord, please send someone else to do it. Hmm. Oh, Lord, please send Rachel and Ricky to do it. Jesus, I prayed for that, Ricky. (laughs) Lord, please don't send me out to Belmont and Clark. Please send Ray out there. Lord, please don't send me to Wright College. Lord, please don't send me out on the neighborhoods to preach the gospel. Lord, please, who am I? I don't know the gospel. Lord, who am I? I've only been saved for a month. I've only been saved for a year, two years, three years, four years. God, I don't know anything. I'm not a pastor. I'm not called to do this. Lord, who am I? The Lord says to you, who gave you your mouth? Who makes you deaf or mute? See, God Almighty is calling you for something. And it does not matter how you speak, what you look like, what your job is, what kind of education you have. Because when the time comes, it will not be you speaking. It will be the Holy Spirit speaking through you. See, when I come up here, I don't know what happens up here. I really don't. See, God takes over, and sometimes I feel like I make sense, and sometimes I don't. But it's not, I promise you, I promise you this is not me. This is God working in me. And you know what? I might not be perfect at it. I may not know what to say at all times. I may not know what to do next. But you know what? I was willing. I surrendered to my flesh and said, Lord, I will do this for you. Because I knew that I could not say no. My flesh wanted to say no. But deep down inside, my spirit knew I had to go. I had to come. I had to surrender. I had to die to my flesh and say, God, I will do it. I will humiliate myself up there for you. If that's what you're calling me to do, I will do it. If it will bring glory to your name, I will do it. If it will set one soul free, I will do it. See, it's not about us anymore. It's not about us. When you accept Jesus into your life, it's not about you anymore. He will change you. He will clean you. He will restore you because he wants you to be pure and holy. He wants you to be a pure and a holy vessel before him. And that's why we do what we do. And I thank God that we prayed before. We prayed and we got junk out of your life today. 
because now God is calling all of you to be pure and holy. There's no one excluded from this. He wants you to be pure and holy, a pure and a holy bride before him so that you can go out and set this generation free, so that you can go out and rebuke the devil, so that you can go out and cast some demons out, so that you can go out and lay your hands on the sick, so that you can go out and bring back the prodigal son, so that you can go out and bring that one lost sheep, so that you can go out and love the way he has loved you, so that you can preach his gospel with boldness, with power, so that you can raise up a family with morals, with values. He is calling you for all of that. And if you don't know what to do, if you don't know what to say, ask him, pray about it, get on your knees, cry. Let him break you. Let him make you this big because you know what? It's not about us. You can get, be humiliated, get embarrassed. My face turns red all the time and I'm still at this church. You know, I, get humiliated. It does not matter. It does not matter any longer. I want you guys to turn to 1 Corinthians 1.26. 1 Corinthians 1.26. When you're there, say I'm there. All right. It says, brothers... Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Everybody think of, think of what you were when you were called. When you heard the gospel for the first time, think about where you were at. I was in high school, I remember. I was in a relationship, I remember that. I did not want it when I was called the first time. You guys, you guys got where you were when you were called the first time? Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that not one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with what? I did not come with what? Eloquence. When I came to you, brothers, I did not come to you eloquence or superior wisdom, as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing about God. I'm sorry. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. God. God is not calling you to be perfect. He's not calling you for that. He knows you're not perfect. And he, that's why he's going to use you, because his name and his power will be exalted through your life. He will be glorified. If you had it all together, he would not be glorified because you would take credit for it. See, God knows that I give him glory for this. I am in school. It was my first presentation was last week, and I, was, I had a group presentation, and I was the one to talk, and I was up there, and I had boldness because God gave that to me, and God knows that I will exalt his name on high because of that because he has gotten me through that. 
God has pushed me forth and he is helping me every day. And I still struggle with it, yes. But you know what? I will die to my flesh every day. And I will say, God, use me. It is not because of the way that you talk. It is not by what you know, what you have up here. It's what you have in here. It's how much you want him and how much are you going to be willing to surrender to him. Are you going to let him lead you, let his spirit take over? When you're out on the streets, Arson, let the spirit take over. Adolfo, when you go out to the schools, let the spirit take over. Girls, let the spirit at Belmont, let the spirit take over. It's all about him. Say, it's all about you, God, and not about me. He's ready to use the foolish things. And now this is what the Lord God Almighty told me once and what he's going to tell you today. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. It says, this is um, Paul speaking. This is Paul speaking, and when he was being tortured, when he was facing the situation that he could not bear, and this is what the Lord God Almighty told him and what God told me. He said, to keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, I love this. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient enough for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. I love it. His power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may dwell, rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Jesus, for when we are weak, then we are strong, God Almighty. So when I was weak, Lord God Almighty, and I said I couldn't do this, God. You said you can, and now I'm in school, God Almighty, and I will speak, and I will let you lead me, God Almighty. I will boast about this, God Almighty, because you are the one working in me. And now he's calling you to boast about your weaknesses. You know why? Because he's going to get you through it. If you truly desire him and you truly want to serve him with everything that you have, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, with all of your heart, he will get you through it. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want to set his captives free? How bad do you want to see those kids freed in the high schools? Belmont and Clark, how bad do I want to see the college students freed at Wright College? We need to seek him. We need to be led by his spirit. We need to humble ourselves. We need to boast about our weaknesses to everyone and let his name be exalted. You are who you are because he made you that way for a reason. There's a plan for your life. There is a reason why you are. Everything that happens in our life goes through the Father. And he has allowed it to happen for a reason. He has allowed it to happen for a reason. And now he wants you to seek his face so that you may know why. God doesn't want you to wander around here being lost. There is a plan for you, and he will tell you if you want him, if you want to know. Seek him night and day. Seek him night and day. Seek him night and day. And not just because you're going through a situation like I was. I should have been seeking God in day like that before. But you know what? That's sometimes why we go through things. Because when we go through situations, we come closer to God. We know him better. We're loved by him. We experience his power. We get on the stage without hesitation and we testify. We don't have to think about what happened last month. 
a year ago. We can remember what happened yesterday. Seek him night and day. He wants you to seek him. He wants you to serve him. And, and your weaknesses, see how it's about weaknesses? You understand? Like Moses had a speech impediment. And then here Paul is saying his weaknesses. He's, he can't do this anymore. He has a thorn that was, that was given to him. It's not about him. It's a weakness. It's something that's torturing him, something that's hurting him, something that's bothering him. It's the foolish things, not, not the eloquence of speech. It's about, it's about the negative. When we talk about ourselves, we always say, you know, well, tell me something about yourself. We always say the positive. But God is using the negative in your life, the stuff that we don't usually boast about, so that we can serve him. And there's many of us here that we're, we can be so, so prideful at times, and you are gifted, and you are so gifted, and God has gifted you in amazing ways. But there's pride in your life. You, you will not boast about your weaknesses because you want to be perfect. Like my sister was talking about, we want to be perfect. We want to pretend like we have it all together. And that's pride. And you're gifted, and God has given you these talents, but they will not be used until you humble yourself, until you put yourself in a position where he is God and you are not. See, sometimes we have it the other way around. We think we have it all together, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. But no, it's not that way. God wants you to be humble, to be poor in spirit, He wants you to hunger for him, to be desperate for him. Desperate. Desperate for him. Because without him, we are nothing. And I've been saying that a lot lately, but I want to be desperate. I don't think I'm desperate enough. To be desperate is to know that you literally cannot do anything without him. We cannot even breathe without him. We cannot think. Our heart cannot beat without him. What makes us think that we will be able to go preach the gospel and see them say that we are not with him, if we are not walking with him side by side, meeting with him? Why can't we see the miracles that they see in Africa? Why? Well, we, I talked about this last week. Why? Because we rely on ourselves. We rely on, on the things that we can do. We need to rely on him and only him. Put everything before you do it. Put, take everything to him. And say, God, use me. You are everything. I am not. Let your will be done in my life. And seek his face. Seeking his face doesn't mean you have to have many words. It just means you have to want him, love him, desire him. And when you're not in your prayer closet, when you walk out of when you're not at church, when you walk out of here, you still continue to live a pure and a holy life because unless you're living a pure and a holy life, unless you're doing that, then he's not going to use you. If you're stained, if, if there's, your garment is blemished, if there's something dirty, nasty inside of you, he's not going to use you. And we need to get rid of all that junk. We need to get rid of that junk. God wants you to humble yourself, to be broken for him. And I'm not saying I'm perfect because I'm up here. I'm not the total opposite, I believe. And I struggle day to day. It's a battle. And when I I talk about this, it's a battle, literally a battle. 
and I give it to God every day, and I seek him, and I say it's yours, God. There's so many times where there's situations that come up where I don't want to do them. I don't. I just say, no, God, send somebody else. Put somebody else there in that place. But God, time and time again, God pushes me and says, no, you go. You go. I'm sending you. And it's, it's funny. If we turn back to Exodus, if I can find it. Go back to Exodus 3. 3.14. It says, the, I'm sorry, 3.13. It says, but Moses said, oh, Lord, please send someone else to do it. The Lord's anger burned against Moses. The Lord's anger burned against Moses. And see, you know, if, if God chose Moses to set his people free, I believe Moses was doing something right. He was doing something right until this moment, until he said no to God. He said Some, someone else. The Lord's anger burned against him. You think the Lord's anger doesn't burn against you when you say no to him? When you feel it in your heart, God is telling you, go talk to that person, tell him about me. And you deny, you deny him. You say, no, God, I can't send somebody else to do it. I believe that he will send somebody else to do it. But you know what? His anger is burning against you. And then if you go down lower, let me see, let me find it. This one? Let me find it. Well, anyways, I'll find it later. It says, it said, I shared this with, with Adam. Hold on, let me, I need to find it now. No. Which one? No. Oh. I found it. It says, at a lodging place, it's 24, 3:24. At a lodging place on the way, the Lord met with Moses, and I cracked up when I read this. I really did crack up when I read this. And, the, and Moses and was about to kill him. The Lord was about to kill his messenger. Because, isn't that, I, think, I thought it was funny because the Lord does not play. We were talking, the Lord does not play. The Lord was about to kill his messenger. And I, that put the fear inside, really did. It put the fear inside of me. When you say no to God, when God has a calling on your life, it's like, what I create you for then if you're not going to do what I'm sending you to do? But the Lord, the Lord let him alone, says, but he did what he was called to do. <laughs> so this is what we need to do. As here in this church, I know that we love God in this church. I know that. There's, there's no doubt about it. But I want you guys to really search inside your heart. And look at the areas where God is working in you. The areas where you know that, that you're just struggling in. And let God be exalted through that. Push through. Truly push through those areas and let him move. Let his spirit take over in those areas. Let him lead you because he will be exalted. I promise you he will be exalted. If you lie, if you are a liar, the Lord hates liars. He detests them. If you are a liar, let him cleanse you of that. 
Let him give you a pure heart, a clean conscience. He will do it. He will do it, and he will be exalted. The minute that you become honest, that you become showing your real colors through to everyone, he will be exalted. His power will be made known in your life. Can everybody just come up to the front? The Lord detests liars. I don't, I'm just keep saying that. I'm sorry. The Lord hates them. He hates them. Do you know that? Do you know that? Be who God has made you to be. Let him be exalted. Can we just have some music in the background? Let him be exalted in your life. Humble yourself. Somebody here needs to humble themselves. We're so full of pride. We think we have it all together because we're saved. You, we don't have anything together. We don't know anything. We're still lost without the good shepherd. We're still lost without him. We need to humble ourselves. And right now, there's not going to be an altar call. We already had one. What we're going to do right now is going to have some time, you and the Lord alone, and you're going to talk to him. And you're going to let him search your heart. And you're going to see where he's calling you to go. Then you're going to see your weaknesses. And he's going to say, it's okay because now I'm working in you. Now I'm going to take that thorn from your side. Because now you're ready. Now you're ready to let it go and I will be exalted.